What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. That's at WrestlingTWT. On this edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we'll talk about All Elite Wrestling. Everything about All Elite Wrestling as they will solidify themselves with their Wednesday night time slot on TNT as NXT moves to Tuesday nights. Well, one thing for sure about All Elite Wrestling, it is a very, very unique show. I know that for a long time when WCW closed down, there were a lot of fans that didn't know where to go. I know some fans went to UFC, they went to Bellator, they went to watch other sports. When WCW closed down, WCW still had a strong reach to wrestling fans. And it's interesting that people laugh at WCW toward the end, and it was laughable for sure, going to the Vince Russo days and just the disorganization of that organization um, with Eric Bischoff at times and others that are running WCW. But when WCW closed down, there was a need for a wrestling company to battle with the WWE or to be an alternative to the WWE. At times, AEW is an alternative to WWE, and sometimes it is not even WWE adjacent. Let me explain. So from the beginning, All Elite Wrestling has always wanted to be different. And Eric Bischoff has said this many times when he was running WCW. Other promoters have talked to me and told me that it was important for their wrestling company to be a lot different uh, than the WWE, and that's really the key. You don't want to be just like your competition. You want to be different than your competition. And so for All Elite Wrestling, it's very interesting to watch what they've done over a year plus with this show, AEW Dynamite. First, you thought, okay, it's a Wednesday night, Wednesday night for All Elite Wrestling. How will that work for the wrestling fan? Well, you do know that it started off at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Then before the pandemic, they were traveling. And for a first-year company, things are not necessarily always going to be 100%. As a wrestling fan, as a pure wrestling fan, I understand that there's always going to be ups and downs with any organization when they start it. I was there for day one when Nitro started under Eric Bischoff. It wasn't smooth all the time. But here's what I think that Tony Khan has done as a president and CEO. So... The most important thing when you have a wrestling show is to be able to have television and have solid television production. One of the things that the territories back in the day for wrestling could not match is Vince's production value. Once they started getting into the Hogan era moving forward, the production values always got better because Vince's television always looks big. Right. Even today in 2021 in a pandemic, they're able to put together a million screens to make it seem like that their fans are there because it's important for that company to have the best production values possible. Now, for all elite wrestling, I think they've done a terrific job with their TV and their TV production. It had to happen. Right. You cannot just say, I got TV. And then just put on a two-camera shoot. Well, you know, some organizations done that. But in 2021, it was important for All Elite Wrestling to come out of the box and really have great camera work, great production, and to really look solid. And for All Elite Wrestling to have the 
relationship with YouTube, first of all, to have two shows on YouTube and to be with Turner Sports. That was huge. The selling point of All Elite Wrestling coming to TNT and solidifying those Wednesday nights. And that was big. And also being involved with BR Live, big for their pay-per-view dollar. So that all that is big for them because usually it's an incremental step for a organization where it's like, okay, we're going to be on YouTube. They're eventually going to be on TV and, you know, very slow paces and we'll find our way up. But All Elite Wrestling took a big step, a big leap, thanks to Tony Khan and the rest of those that are working behind the scenes at All Elite Wrestling. So the one thing that they have mastered for sure is the TV. They've got it solidified. You know where to find them. You know to find them on YouTube. It's all there. Uh, I will say that I think it is aggressive for All Elite Wrestling to have three shows at this time because the one thing that wrestling fans will always say is that they hate the idea of a wrestling company being watered down. One thing for WWE, when you watch WWE, is uh, a lot of wrestling, SmackDown and Raw. And if you're into it, that's not a problem. But then there's 205 Live, and then there's NXT and NXT UK. There's a lot. And there are some things that I'll watch and some things I just won't watch. I'll just watch on YouTube or read about. So... There's a potpourri of wrestling shows for All Elite Wrestling. There's three. Will there be four? <laughs> so far, they've got three in the early stages of uh, of their company. So they've also cornered the market on celebrities. It is interesting to see Tony Khan reach out to celebrities to be on his AEW Dynamite show because that was the elixir and the ideas of Vince McMahon years and years ago. We'll have rock and wrestling, and we'll have Cindy Lauper, who should be in their Hall of Fame, by the way. But Cindy Lauper, and we'll have the music wrestling connection, and we'll start bringing celebrities in, and we'll start having that cross-section of Hollywood and wrestling coming together. Because Vince, even though he's not said openly, I think it's very clear. It was important for his company to be able to rub elbows with Hollywood, where wrestling wouldn't stand alone over here in a little sheepish corner where people would make fun of it and throw rocks at it. He wanted to make sure that he was along others as an entertainment company and saying, hey, you know, we're, we act just like you guys act. We're Hollywood just like you're Hollywood. And that was his idea to make sure that wrestling was not just in a box, a sports entertainment box. He wanted to make sure that everyone knew, not just around the wrestling circles, but outside the wrestling circle, that the WWE is a thing. And all Elite Wrestling the same way where Shaq, all those years of teasing that he was going to get in the ring. All those years of him saying, you know, I'm going to be on the WWE platform, wrestle WrestleMania, play, you know, I'll wrestle Big Show with all this stuff, right? And finally gets in the ring and does well. <laughs> Not just gets in the ring, but actually had a hell of a performance on AEW Dynamite. Mike Tyson also on the show. Mike Tyson, who really set the set everything off, I think, for WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Tyson's involvement in there really, I think, struck a flame uh, for that matchup. When Shawn knew he was done, Tyson was part of it, and that was great. And Tyson was part of AEW for a couple of weeks. And because Tyson was in the ring and Tyson was preparing to take on Roy Jones, his name was timely and he was able to be part of All Elite Wrestling. That's cool. 
Also, for wrestling, it's important to have surprises, not just turns just for the sake of turns, because we see that all the time in wrestling. I'm a bad guy now. I'm a good guy. Or I'm, I'm going to make sure that I let you know that even though I'm a good guy for two weeks, the next two weeks I'm going to be bad. That's not wrestling. That's just bad booking, which we'll get to in a little bit. But the surprises from All Elite Wrestling... Having Sting, no matter how old Sting is, Sting should be kept special, like The Undertaker. Sting is signed a contract with AEW, and he's already been in a match. And even though he's in his 60s right now, he's not going to be out there every week wrestling, hopefully not. But he signed a contract with AEW because AEW has the money, and Sting is part of that company. That's huge for Sting fans. Because after his run with the WWE, which should have never happened or should have never ended the way it did, Sting still matters to a lot of fans. Then there's Santana and Ortiz. I saw this live in Chicago where they came out of nowhere wearing masks. And now they come from Impact Wrestling to All Elite Wrestling to see the Paul White there, to be able to see Miro come over, to see Matt Hardy come and Lance Archer from, I, from IWGP Japan and to see John Moxley come through the stands and become a big star in All Elite Wrestling and seeing Christian Cage uh, out of the WWE system back into the fold. Now with All Elite Wrestling to see so many others like FTR. Uh, there, it was interesting week after week to see how different the show can be with different stars in it. Now, some of the names I mentioned were very WWE heavy, and of course, every year, usually around this time, usually in April or May, we hear a lot of cuts, budget cuts from the WWE where they cut the fat off of the roster. Those that are not wrestling, those are just sitting in the back. Um, there's a lot of, of those cuts that we see. And we saw AEW take some of those wrestlers, some of those wrestlers whose contract was up, and put them on their show. Now, you can't put the entire... WWE roster on the AEW roster. You can't do that. But it's always good to have familiar faces. As long as those familiar faces don't take over the company and be in the main event taking all the, you know, the the top spots, I think that that is good that they were able to fill out their roster with some veterans because those veterans can help the young wrestlers on that roster. It was really important for wrestling fans to see something new. I remember on October 2nd, 2019, when Dynamite debuted on TNT. Can you imagine that? October 2nd, 2019, and now here we are as we record this on April 5th, 2021. How time flies. Dynamite debuted with a 1.4, as far as ratings are concerned, 1.4 million viewers, which made it the largest TV debut on TNT in five years. And so that's why TNT decided to stick with uh, AEW for the long haul because they saw that 1.4 number and you compare that to what the WWE does on a weekly basis and TNT said, okay, if nothing else, this can be a guarantee. So for those of you into ratings, let's talk about this for a second. There's always this feeling around the Monday Night Wars when Raw would take on Nitro back and forth. They were head to head. There's always this feeling that people were watching both shows, that we, you and I as fans were flipping back and watching both shows. 
And I can say that I was doing that. I know I was hosting shows during the Monday Night Wars. If you're listening to me for the first time, I was hosting shows after the Monday Night Wars. When Nitro and Raw were off the air, I was hosting WrestleManiacs and doing a two-hour show after that because people were watching. And, and it got huge ratings for my show just based on what the WWE and WCW doing at the time. So I look at the ratings every week. And I can't look at the ratings as I looked at them in 1998, 1999, because we're in a different stratosphere when it comes to how we watch television. On demand has killed the big rating. Uh, Streaming has killed the big rating as far as watching live sports. Because people have the DVRs, people have the opportunity to stream it, they don't have to watch it live. And so when it comes to All Elite Wrestling against NXT, and we need to get into this, we have seen the numbers every week. I know I retweet them at Wrestling TWT. The numbers, and they fluctuate between somewhere between 650,000 to the highest I can remember is like 950,000. That's when Shaq wrestled on AEW. And so the Monday Night Wars... When you have AEW and NXT going head-to-head, those two shows, I never thought of it as a Monday Night War. I just thought of it as, here's NXT, a solid show, against AEW that's trying to do everything that's totally different than NXT. Where you are getting shoot interviews, where where you're having people like the Young Bucks or Chris Jericho or others saying things off the cuff that you normally would not hear. Shooting at the WWE. Now, of course, the WWE has always been that company that usually, 99% of the time, just ignores the competition. Ignores what other people say because you never have to look behind when you're leading. The only difference is, though, is that I think that there are a section of fans clearly, that love what AEW does because it's different. And you look at that roster, up and down the roster. I was looking at it before I hit record for this podcast. And like people like, like Darby Allen or looking at the Young Bucks or, or looking at uh, you know wrestlers like Brian Cage who came over from uh, TNA. And I'm just looking up and down this roster. And when you see Jungle Boy or Darby Allen... That's a whole different type of wrestler that you're used to as far as being a front-facing for the company and being a top star. Darby Allen, when you look at him, is not impressive. I mean, physically. But he does so many outlandish things, so many crazy things, it's like you can't keep your eyes off of him. Same thing with Jungle Boy. A slight guy, but he wrestled in the independents just like Darby Allen did and is trying to work his way up to be a star. Again, doesn't look like much physically, but he can do so many things in the ring where you're just kind of, again, someone that you can see that they're pushing to be a star for the future. And I look at veterans like uh, Eddie Kingston, who's good for this company. And I look at others that have been part of this company for a while, like MJF, saw him at MLW and just thought that he was amazing as far as his promos. His promos work for any generation in professional wrestling. If this is the 1970s or 80s, he'd need, he would really, really need some security because someone would have a straight razor in Greensboro, North Carolina and try to slash his chest. 
because that happened back in the day. If he's in Puerto Rico for wrestling for the Colognes and using that verbiage and using the words that he uses on those shows and the kind of how he puts people down, I mean, he needs security. But that's just the kind of heat that he wants to generate in, a, in an era now in wrestling that doesn't really generate heat like it used to. But I look at Ray Phoenix, someone I'm a big fan of, or Ricky Starks, who I saw on the NWA, Sammy Guevara, who is going to be a eventual star for the future. It is a, a really interesting melting pot of young stars that they have to develop. And I'd like to see where some of those stars are in the next three to five years. Because Morton, as much as people will like Matt Hardy or will like Chris Jericho or like Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, really they do have a very young core of wrestlers. So that's a positive for AEW as well. So when we look at everything that the AEW has brought to the table, it has been <laughs> it has been compelling to watch how these wrestlers perform in the ring. Because on the independence in your hometown, in your backyard, the independence, you'll see wrestling similar to this. There's trios matches where six-man tag team matches where there's not necessarily fundamentally sound, but there's a lot of action. And it catches people's eye. Uh, when we look inside of how some of these matches occur, I know that the feeling for some promoters and some wrestling companies is, well, you know, you and I as fans, we can't keep up with this action. We just need to know what's the match and can we see it in a couple weeks? And I don't necessarily believe that. I still believe that long-term storytelling to be able to have a crescendo to a match or a series of matches is cool. But for some, it's like, you know, they look at, I'm sure, results from conversations they have with people that take tests to look at what fans really want and they have these meters and they see what fans like and fans don't like and so they try to rush through storylines and to me one of the downfalls for AEW is is that yes they do a very good job of promoting what's going to happen in one week or two weeks or three weeks I think that's missing in wrestling I'm glad that they can book those shows out especially especially when one week is live and one week is taped as of late. So you can really promote and get people hyped up for it. But I still believe in the long storytelling that you've got to be able to connect week one to week five to week seven. You got to connect week two to week four to week six. You have to be able to look at it and say, here's our story that we're going to tell. Not a story and then you scrap it, you don't see somebody for a month. <laughs> or they, or they're, you find them on dark or you see them on elevation or you see it on YouTube. It, it has to be something where it connects to the audience. And so the, the one thing that AEW has to be concerned with here is that they have to be able to not just have action just for action's sake. If you're going to tell a story, make it connect and have a crescendo to it. Uh, you don't have to rush through it just because you think fans aren't patient enough. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know that fans are patient enough. You know why? Because people like me and people like you, if you find a show that you like on Netflix or on Amazon Prime or on one of the networks, what you'll do is is that you'll invest, even if it's on demand. Even if it's on demand and you're just Netflixing and, and chilling, you will watch for se you know the six, seven, eight, nine episodes in a row to be able to catch up because you are interested in the story from the beginning to the end. 
And so when you rush through stories like AEW does, that could be the downfall of your promotion. No, I don't care how many years they have with, with Turner. You want it to, to uh, an organization in which you can look at uh, a storyline and say, okay, I'm into this character. Here's Scorpio Sky. He's a heel. Okay, so now what happens next week? Well, we don't see him. Where'd he go? What about the next week? We don't see him. Where do you go? I mean, things like that have to be something that the company has to be wary of. Um, so when it comes to the TV announcers, again, it's different than you'll get with the WWE when you have the WWE announcers being produced and they have to all sound a certain way. It is unusual, very unusual, uh, that you have Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, and Excalibur as a three-man booth where the former wrestler, quote-unquote, Excalibur, does the play-by-play. That doesn't make sense to me. It hasn't made sense to me from day one since they've been together, but this is, again, different than what you'll get for other promotions. So if you're an AEW fan, you should be happy because now NXT will move to Tuesday night's after WrestleMania, and that doesn't necessarily mean that AEW chased him away. I mean, actually, wrestling uh, will move to Tuesday nights on the USA Network for NXT. Uh, and on that Wednesday night, AEW will take on Wednesday Night Hockey. That's why pretty much NXT is moving to Tuesdays. Uh, and so that's why that's happening. But just keep in mind, it's an interesting development through the first year plus of this company and this TV show that now they'll be unopposed on Wednesday nights. What would they do with that? Kenny Omega and what's happening with Kenny Omega is interesting and what's happening with Adam Page for his future. It's a lot of stories. One other thing I just want to mention, Tony Khan needs to do a couple of things. First of all, stop doing promos on Impact Wrestling because you're punching down. When you make fun of Impact Wrestling fans, it's like beating a dead horse. You're yelling about something that actually Impact Wrestling fans don't care about. If you've seen these promos, have you seen what's going on with Tony Khan standing up doing a promo like he's a wrestler, like he's a 13-year-old wannabe wrestler in a mirror? You're telling him you're trying to talk down to Impact Wrestling fans, and how many Impact Wrestling fans are actually watching on Access? About 160,000. So I don't know why you're making fun of them. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like Vince McMahon talking to Memphis wrestling fans back in the late 80s. It doesn't make sense. Tony Khan has to make sure, number one, stay off of the television. Number two, keep your storylines together. Keep them tight. You want to bring in more talent? There's nothing wrong with that because you're a young company. But just make sure that everything makes sense. Everyone's not watching all the All Elite Wrestling shows. So the one thing that WWE does, that AEW needs to do, is to continue to tell the story. To, to just beat it in people's head, what is going on? People tune in, they're like, wait a minute, who is Alan Angels? And why should I care? And why is Angelico dressed up like a, a wannabe DX character? You have to be able to tell those stories. And what's with the women's division? All those things have to be uh, addressed every single week for new viewers. Remember, very, very soon, AEW will be solo. They will have their own night on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. So all the best to them. I know one thing, that they're a very unique product, and they, they do have, a, have legions of fans. Now, how can they grow their business, and how can they keep it together? Time will tell. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. I'd love to get your feedback on this special AEW podcast, as well as on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. 
Who's listening to the podcast? Let's find out. If you reach out to me, let me give you your thoughts on All Elite Wrestling. They're in the right direction. They just have to continue their momentum. Thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan Hood.